Hey there, this is Mary, and welcome to my podcast, Mental State, where I dive into all things mental health and more. So today I'm talking with my friend Jacqueline, and we are going to talk about attachment styles and the law of attraction. So let's get right into our conversation. So a lot of us believe in the law of attraction. And if you are a believer in the law of attraction, why hasn't it worked in manifesting your perfect partner? Well, I am a believer in the law of attraction. And I remember doing this book. It's called Calling in the One. I did that book twice. I did every exercise in that book. I was in the flow state and I manifested nothing. No partner. Twice. I manifested nothing twice. And I remember feeling so frustrated about it. And when I discovered the attachment piece of understanding where my wounding lies, it allowed me to look back on that, that part of my life and calling in the one. And I gained the ability to see the holes in it, right? And so that's what we want to share with you guys today of where these gaps or like missing links might be if you run insecurely attached of why you might not be manifesting your perfect partner. So are you talking about the missing links of these types of programs of calling in the one, finding your perfect partner, manifesting your perfect partner? Or are you talking about the holes in the gaps of what's going on with you, with the attachment system that's actually preventing you from actually manifesting the person? Well, let's think about this. The obvious choice will definitely be number two. Number two, the answer is within us. And that doesn't mean that we're responsible for every single thing out there, right? We know there are a lot of external factors that are also involved. However, for example, I tend to dominate with an anxious side. So while I'd go high, like when I was doing exercises for the book, maybe I was going high, but I'd have the dips where I'd feel so, so low. And those I almost grasped onto harder than I did at the highs or beneath both of those things, right? The root of the anxiously attached part of us is, is really inherent loneliness, beliefs that we can't actually meet the person we want to meet. There's some subconscious way of that the, the system is running on that says, I, I can't have what I want, or I don't trust you, or don't trust myself. And if you have the avoidance side, it's going to be, I don't trust others. So I'm also curious, as you're saying all this, give us an example of what kind of exercise that you did that you felt like didn't work for you based on your attachment style. So the thing about the law of attraction that's tricky is if you run anxious, or if you run avoidant, or if you run disorganized, the underlying beliefs within the system are really stating, I can't have what I want, or what I want is too scary, or like, in essence, closeness is too scary, or distance is too scary, or both of those. And while consciously, or I have to have, or I have to get what I want, which really, what is I have to get what I want underneath it is I don't have what I want, mm. right? So when we're hyper-focused on I need to get this thing. I want this thing. I need it. I need it. I need it. To be it's, complete. Right. Says A, you're not complete. Yeah. Right? Which is not focusing on the completeness of your life, not focusing on your 
are harnessing your inner state of joy and feeling soul nourished, if you will, you're actually focusing on what you don't have. And so that flips with the anxious type. And it also feeds into, and I think this is where people can misconstrue things around the law of attraction, is that, you know, I must think positively all the time. If I think negatively, something bad might happen. Therefore, I must suppress any negative or ambivalent feelings. But I think that the real, the law of attraction, the way it works is when you sync up from a cellular, cellular level, right? Like the, the internal belief system has to align because feelings are okay to have. It doesn't mean that uh, something bad is going to happen just because we have a bad feeling, right? Well, and, and also I just kind of want to get a little clear on like syncing up from a cellular level. I think another way to look at it is coming at it from a grounded place. And so when we talk about these, it's so interesting because I've years ago, I took a couple of programs around relationships and dating and being a woman in the dating world. I think that, and I was feeling very anxious at that time, but I think what was what's important is that sometimes I think that some of these programs are written for people who come who come from a more secure attachment style. Yeah. And because I, you know, like like what Jacqueline is saying, it's like when we're talking about the anxious attacher, we're, you know, the people are looking outside of themselves, right? So outside of myself is like I'm looking at a for a program that's going to fix what feels. And I don't like to say that we're broken, but it feels like there's something broken inside of me, something missing inside of me. So if I spend on this program, then this is going to be the thing that is going to get me the thing that is going to fulfill me. Exactly. And if you'll notice, those of you out there who run a little more avoidant, for example, initial stages of dating can be a lot easier, a lot less distressing because that's not where you sweat things, right? So in essence, it's easy for you to manifest those beginning relationships, right? Whereas anxious types might struggle more with that or disorganized types might also struggle with that, right? And so when we're in the throes of dysregulation, where does the law of attraction lie? Well, I mean, I'm I'm just kind of laughing to myself right now because when you were talking about being avoidant, I'm like, do vo- avoidance even use the law of attraction because they're just try- really trying to avoid something from happening? So why would they want to like manifest, you know, something in their life? And so I'm, I'm kind of curious about that. Well, you know, two, you said two things that made me, two points that stood out to me. Maybe they're not using the law of attraction or they have that innate sense of confidence, right? And some level that I know I can get to the certain point. So I'm not really concerned about that. And what does that do? It draws people into them in a certain way in the, because they already have that inner confidence around that. Now, where I think if we look at the law of attraction and what we focus on, our thoughts create our reality, look where it will put a more ambivalent person who might, or or avoidant person, right? They might become ambivalent once somebody gets too close, where it triggers them, right? And so then they shut down and they walk away. And then they say, well, I wonder why. I can't seem to meet anybody. I just haven't met the right person and, and it's fine. I'll just kind of continue maybe even more shallow relationships. But they, too, are suffering from that same principle of those underlying beliefs running the show. 
Yeah, and I think a lot of this too, you know, regardless of the whatever insecure attachment style that you have, I think a lot of it too is whether it comes from being anxious or avoidant or disorganized, you know, there is that kind of underlying thing that we tell ourselves when it doesn't work out, you know, like, oh, of course, this isn't going to work out, right? So again, that's sort of like the the law of manifestation working in a different way, right? Nothing ever works out for me. I've tried all these programs. I'm never going to find the person that I want to find. And again, that's putting all of the weight on using these programs to find the one. Which in essence tells yourself that you don't have the one. Or Mary, you made me think of people who've been through a fair amount of trauma and maybe they say, well, I've never had that. You know, I I remember being at that place actually. Well, I've had so many bad relationships. I don't have the proof for a good one. Like at a certain point in time, I did say it. And it did require a leap of faith. And so with that leap of faith, it was a lot of regulating the nervous system when I would be in those high triggers, right? And focusing on harnessing my inner sense of joy and pleasure and what nourished my soul. And the more that I was able to live in that, which part of soul nourishment is your ability. It's absolutely, I think it's essential, your ability to hold, have the capacity to hold your felt experience and know how to support yourself. Innately know that it's safe for you to feel happiness as well as disappointment, as well as fear, and know that you know how to handle that. That will mirror back into the world and manifest or attract that secure partner who also feels that and wants to show up in that way. And I like how you bring up the nervous system. We love talking about the nervous system. And so three of the principles of the law of attraction are attracting, creating, and allowing. And so what I think is kind of interesting, again, when we're talking about the nervous system and being in a very dysregulated state versus being in a more regulated, grounded state, it's like, what state are you in when you are practicing the law of attraction? So me personally, when I, you know, did one of these programs, I was in such a dysregulated state that it was kind of like I was just searching for anything to 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 kind of grasp onto. And so just like, I mean, the law of attraction does work in that way because when I was in a dysregulated state, I would start to attract people who were dysregulated as well. Oh, buzzwords. You would attract people who were dysregulated as well because you were dysregulated. And I may or may not have had that experience many, many, many times. (laughs) So I think that, you know, regard like kind of what we're saying, regardless of the course, if it's if it's calling in the one or any kind of law of attraction course or looking on the Internet for for some sign. Right. We're always we're looking for that external sign that this person is the right person for me because we're astrologically compatible. I, it makes me think of the poor little anxious attacher. I know you're the ones out there doing the work, you little anxious honeys. And some of you avoidance are too. And I have deep respect for you, right? Because it's even much harder to recognize uh, where those pitfalls lie uh, with the avoidance side of us. And for those of you out there who feel anxious and who maybe 
always struggle in meeting the partner, there might be some disorganization in you, the part that runs ambivalent when somebody comes towards you. So what does that look like around the law of attraction? That looks like you could still have an appreciation for certain things about someone, even if they're not a right fit for you, or enjoy the fact that somebody finds you interesting in some capacity. I'm not recommending continuing to date them if it's an absolute no for you, but seeing the good versus seeing the negative is a sign of that secure place, is a sign of your ability to attract in what you want, right? Because it's a felt experience, a felt state. So going into this attraction, creation, and allowing, where does this lie when we have nervous system dysregulation? Because we can all do this when we're in the secure state, but how do we continue to build the law of attraction for what we really want when we're in the state of dysregulation? I think that question in and of, it, of itself is starting to dysregulate me right now because, right, how do you build something when you're in a state of dysregulation? Well, the answer is it's really hard to do that. I mean, and I think of it like an athlete, right? You know, that point in the movie where they're, they're ready to throw it all out the window and quit the sport, right? Or things are hard. And it's like, I don't know if I can continue. That is when you continue. And my, my, word of, my words of wisdom around that would be in those moments of dysregulation, that's when you're going to pull out your tool, toolkit. Don't worry about what you want in a certain way. Know the bigger picture. And just go with, now I'm not going to think about it at all. And the only thing I'm going to think about is regulating myself, is leaning into my felt experience of the disappointment and learning to support myself as I would want a partner to support me. Well, I mean, when you're saying that, I'm thinking about the movie version of this, right? So the movie version of this would be the person would have their sidekick who would be, you can do this, cheering them on, you know, so it's like you have to be your own sidekick. Yes. Yes, you do, because that is the secure attachment, right? Both sides are kind of balanced, if you will. So how do we regulate? Sometimes it's through those words of affirmation. Sometimes it's even through giving ourselves hugs. Sometimes it's through learning what we're feeling, expanding that capacity to tolerate those more difficult or uncomfortable emotions, exploring them with curiosity, right? Sometimes it's reaching out to others. But when you reach out to others, I want you to look at what's beneath the anxiety. So if I'm upset because I haven't heard from so-and-so, what's really going on there? Ask yourself, what's beneath this? What are you so scared of? And digging into that and having the ability to support that will begin to repair that belief, right, that's underlying of, you're going to disappoint me or you're going to abandon me or maybe I'm afraid I'm going to abandon you. And I, and I also think a lot of this, the law of attraction stuff around attracting, creating and allowing is what's the type of person that you want to attract, right? So a lot of people give kind of surface level examples. Oh, this person needs to look this certain kind of way, make this certain kind of income have this certain level of education. I mean, and and I don't want to discount all of that. that. You know, some of that might may be important to you, but like what's underneath all that? And I know Jacqueline talks a lot about like, how do you want to feel around this person? 
So it's kind of like, again, when we talk about building those muscles, right, it's like a workout. It's like, how do you want to feel about yourself? And how do you want to feel around this person? And so when you are attracting, creating, and allowing, you know, what kind of feelings do you want to allow in you? So it's like when you're coming from a, you know, a place of avoidant, like how comfortable do you feel with some of those deeper feelings, right? Or when you're coming from an anxious place, even deeper feelings can be very dysregulating when you when you're feeling anxious. It's too big. I thought I wanted all of this and now and now it's too much. Yeah. And that's the same with the avoidant, right? It could feel too much or the disorganized, which might be feeling both at the same time, too much yet not enough, right? And so what I recommend in that is always the pause of again, can you have the curiosity just to explore your experience and see what you can tap into. If you are out there looking for the highs with someone all the time, well, life isn't always high, right? So if you go high, you're going to go low. Is that what you're uh, attracting back, right? Or do you want somebody who's no trouble, no work, but you want a really deep connection? <laughs> well, I'm I want my fun. life to. I want my life to be fun. <laughs> Well, you can attract the fun partner and, and what else? Comes yeah, what else that? comes with the fun partner? And so that's why I think it's about like really getting super clear because, OK, so do you want to use the law of attraction to be like, I just want to attract a bunch of fun people to date? Yeah, well, you can do that. Right. But if you're using the law of attraction in wanting to manifest a life that you want to live, that you can see yourself living, well, that's a lot more complicated. Because you have to be able to tolerate, as Jacqueline was saying, that there are going to be some lows. And so, you know, in law of attraction, it's, it's always like positive, positive, positive. But, it, you know, how do you also deal with some of those harder moments? Mary, I loved how one day we were talking about secure attachment and you said secure attachment doesn't just look like I feel safe and held by my partner, safe in this relationship. Sometimes it does look like for moments, I want to pull my hair out and go on a trip to Hawaii and be away <laughs> from this person. But those are moments because overall you have the big picture or in those moments you don't react or respond in certain ways. You hold that. You learn what's going on with you or you allow a certain amount of space and you come back together. This doesn't mean it's an unhealthy partnership. It actually can be a sign of security. It's all about yours and another person's ability to kind of regulate together. And I almost think that's chemistry, right? Like how well can the two of you regulate together as well as dysregulate, right? Well, as, as well as, you know, when, when one person needs space to be able to honor that and to be able to sit with your own dysregulation around it and then to, you know, know because if you've developed a pattern of being in relationship with another person, where you know that eventually you're going to come back around and have that harder conversation. I mean, the other day I had a moment where, you know, my partner, we had an argument and my partner said, hey, you know what? Thank you for disrupting this, creating this disruption. Because it was kind of like, that's what we needed. We needed to shake things up because things were just sort of going, you know, on the back burner. And I was getting really clear with myself, like, oh, this is this is not how I want to be in a relationship with someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and all of those things, right? If we're we're 
it's a danger zone if we're looking at it as only positive, only positive. Do we have temporary amnesia about the negative? That, to me, again, shows what is the belief system actually telling us? You know, I wanted to go back to something you said, Mary, about fun. I'm looking for fun. And it made me. I had a, an awful moment just after <laughs> that's that. That's what, you get fun when you date surfers. <laughs> this person. That's all you get. Surfer. That's all you get. <laughs> not true for everyone. But I guess no. somebody has some stories. No. Well, you've <laughs> dated surfers. But this was not, this was not <laughs> what I was actually thinking about. Oh. I was thinking about, I remember I was dating this man. And he had mentioned his last girlfriend was like too much of a hedonist. It was nothing but fun, fun, fun. And this man had a lot of overwhelm in his life. Uh, he had been divorced for a certain amount of time, had children. And, and but everything was like pretty, I would say, stable. But he was in a state of overwhelm a lot. But he really wanted to find his person. And I remember he dumped me. Because there were, there were, there were, in his opinion, he said, there was nothing wrong with me, but it's all, it's too much. Like he couldn't handle it. So he really just wanted fun. But then he, he wasn't satisfied or fulfilled with those just fun or simple relationships. So he lost on both sides. But I thought about, he really was manifesting what he wanted, which wasn't me because I am not always fun, unfortunately, or fortunately, whatever. But it just made me realize in that moment that, that was what he was after. He wasn't even aware of that, right? And so that's something we have to look at of what, what are we really seeking? What is the bigger picture here? And I do hear that a lot in the dating world, just exactly what you described is when somebody's like, I just want to have fun. I just want this to be a good time. And what I'm hearing in, the, in what you were saying was maybe this person couldn't tolerate some of the deeper, harder conversations. And actually just wanted to just skim the surface and be super, super light. Oh, that's exactly what he wanted because the minute that we had it, you know, we, he had dumped me after a, a more intimate conversation, a very real conversation, he, he peaced out. And he literally said, I can't handle this. And I'm too overwhelmed. So, you know, I had to listen to that one. <laughs> and then, by the way, two days later, he circled back around. Of course. And you know what? My dad gave me the best piece of oh, advice. Thanks, my dad. dad. My dad, who may or may not have played a part in my attachment style. It may or may not. <laughs> and, and he gave me some great words of wisdom. And I was stressed because I thought, oh, this person is still responding to me. What do, responding to me what, do, what do I do? And my dad said, well, he, he dumped you. He doesn't want to be with you, right? And I'm like, right. He goes. So what's the problem? You block him. That's it. So I did. Never spoke Ooh. to him again. I was like, dad throwing down the gauntlet. And it dad's throwing down the block. Down. He was like, nope. I, lo I love and that your dad knows about blocking. I, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I was like, knowing you were about technology. But he was right. It really took me out of the back and forth that could have continued with this person. And what I did instead was, I felt really bad about it, really sad. I was very depressed because there was a lot of fun and charisma, but I kept working on that side, which was harnessing what brought me joy, what brought me pleasure, like I said, and being there for myself, even when times were tough. And that belief system did shift over time. And it was hard won and hard work in the tough moments. Yeah, it's also like getting kind of real about what parts of myself are being seen and nurtured in this relationship? Oh, it's the fun part. It's the part that likes to go out to restaurants and parties and that thing. 
that kind of stuff. And then what are the parts that aren't being seen and being nurtured? And it's like, oh, these are my more serious parts that want to have deeper conversations. And, you know, when the person can't tolerate that or handle that, they get into a state of dysregulation. And so that's a lot of information there because it's like, yeah, I want to manifest somebody that's fun. but I And I also want to manifest, you know, there's a spectrum, right? It's not just one thing. Yeah. And with insecure attachment, we tend to run on amnesia around certain points. And I look back on that person, for example, and he was a lot of fun. I mean, we definitely had some fun. And yet I'm so grateful I'm not with him because I also ran. I spoke to friends I, uh, whom I still have in my life and we talk about how anxious I was. I was not grounded at all. And I was kind of uh, frantic a lot of the time. And that's not how I want to be with a partner. I enjoy feeling secure enough to have the uncomfortable conversations. So as we kind of get into this law of attraction, what are some recommendations about using it in the context of a relationship or dating? So you got to have your toolkit, right? We know there's not a one-size-fits-all. There's no perfect formula. I mean, if there were, we'd all be on it, right? And so within that toolkit, like I'd said before, what, what are you doing to regulate yourself, right? What's going to bring you back to that secure place? What, focusing on yourself, on what you're feeling. And if you're running avoidant and do not know feelings <laughs> or have a low EQ in that way, starting to work with what am I feeling? And telling yourself at the same time that it's maybe safe to feel this. Or if it doesn't feel safe right now, don't worry. I'm going to tell myself we're going to work together on this until we do feel that sense of safety, right? So really being there for yourself. I love all of the work that we've spoken about around tolerating the felt experience, reaching out to friends, again, from the place of what am I feeling underneath this? And looking at the bigger picture, like eyes that's, on the prize. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Focus on the focus on the bigger picture, because what you're really trying to do is kind of like what Jacqueline was saying, cultivating that felt sense within you. So I feel like the more you focus on the bigger picture and not be so hyper focused on one person or another person, like you're you're, you're doing this law, you're doing this law of attraction work and somebody, you know, pops up that you're interested in dating, but it, maybe they're not quite right, but you're thinking, well, this is what I manifested. And it's like, you, you know, think, get clear about the parts of the person that you manifested. Like, oh, maybe this person, you know, you have similar interests or something like that. But then maybe there's some other things about this person that feel more like red flags that are insurmountable. So I think just kind of like the more you do this work, the more you can get clear on exactly what it is that you want and exactly how you want to feel in your life with another person. You use some key words there, Mary. You want what it is you want. The anxious attacher is always looking at what are they doing? How are they making me feel instead of what do I want? What, do, what would make me feel good? right? And the avoidant is just not really quite comprehending feeling per se, or maybe they're thinking it without the ability to act on it. So th for the avoidant, it might be more of also not only what do I want, 
but how can I, in bits and uh, in doses, lean into, be open to that with another person? I also think the avoidant is also kind of this on. Uh, it's like the it's like the other side of the same yeah, coin, side of right? The same coin, yeah. So because they're also like that person doesn't make me feel good, so forget them. I'm out of here. Exactly, exactly. They just peace out at that first sign of distress. And you know, going back to that guy, he's such a good marker because I remember how low I dipped afterwards. I was very much stuck in oh, another one, but when is it going to work out for me? And so that was the messaging I had really had for so long. And until I learned to stick with that bigger picture of what I wanted, things did not shift for me. Mm, I love that. And it required enough regulation to be able to learn that. So that's what I say. Yeah. And that also speaks to that whole negative cycle of here's another person I tried dating and it didn't work out. Exactly. How many more people do I have to try? And for those of you out there, I was single for over a decade. So I, I, I relate. It was a long time. The law of attraction can be done. It's looking for these little gaps in your beliefs and working, not suppressing them and saying, no, that's not what I believe, but working with that will bring you into manifesting who you really want. And I agree with that. So I also think that when you're in a really good place, you are going to start attracting the type of people that reflect how you are feeling about yourself. And when you're not feeling great about yourself, you may start attracting people that reflect that as well. I know in my own personal dating history, when I was at a low point in my own self-esteem, self-worth, I was not attracting the right kind of people. But when I started to feel better about myself, I started to attract a better caliber of people. And I'm not necessarily sure if they were better caliber, but I wasn't putting up with bad behavior. So I think the law of attraction can work, but you really have to work it. So DM or reach out with any questions, collaborations, or anything else. Check me out on Instagram at Mary B Therapy or come to my website, MaryBTherapy.com. And thanks for listening.